Brooks. Serena Bird is joining you on the radio. She is the joyful frugalista and she is welcome in our life. Good morning to you, Serena. Good morning, Libby. How lovely to speak with you. I I had no idea when we were looking you up and reading about your work. You've got a beautiful story that goes to the heart of Melbourne's iconography. Um, yes, um, sadly my nana Irene, Irene Barron, passed away two weeks ago today and she worked at a neon sign company when she was 14. She actually won a contest. Um, she was in a, a room full of college boys, as she used to say, and she won a contest as the best drawer, the best artist, and she worked for this neon sign company that designed the Skipping Vinegar Girl. And when they were looking to work out how the movement would, would go, she skipped for days and days and days. She was the most junior person there. I think she was probably one of the only women who were working at that company. Um, And her mum had made her this special dress so that it would just lift up the right way as she skipped over it. And she probably worked on the design herself, we believe, um, as a junior designer. She's the skipping girl. She is the skipping girl. How beautiful. Have you got one up in your house? No, I don't actually. My auntie Glenda, um, Glenda Ruby, uh, has a lot of her original artworks from that period of time because in the 1930s they used to, to pretty much draw and paint the um, neon sign designs uh, before they were commissioned so that people could see what they looked like. And her artwork was just so beautiful. They almost glow even mm. though they look like photographs even though they're paintings. How funny that she actually worked for the company. That's really interesting. Mm, not many women, really. Only 14 years of age. Yeah, crazy. Had to leave school, I guess, to help support the family. <laughs> Tell me, how has that influenced what you do? Mm, well, I spent a lot of time with my nana when I was growing up. Uh, she used to have the property, her and um, my late grandfather, um, Kelly, in um, Arthur's Creek. And so we used to spend a lot of time with them growing up. And then later we moved to Queensland and they moved up as well. Um, so she was, we were up in Noosa and she would, they were close by in Prudgeon Beach. So she had a lot of those sort of frugal, grandmothery kind of habits that I just kind of took for granted. She was a member of the CWA when she was in Arthur's Creek. You know, they had their own chook. She did all her own baking. She made her own quince jelly. She used to rewash her glad wrap. I used to laugh about that, like laugh like there's no tomorrow. But I think I'm realising increasingly that so many of those values are aligned with sustainability, basically. Um, really appreciating what you have and making things stretch. Because that's what she had to do growing up in, in the Great Depression, you know, working as a 14-year-old in the 1930s. Um, and then, you know, going forward, um, you know, and being married in World War Two. You know, she knew, knew how times that were really tough and yet she moved forward. So... How has that affected you being the frugalista? Because this is interesting. (laughs) I was reading that uh, there's a huge percentage of people who never have before planned meals. And Mm. uh, I thought that's interesting because I've been thinking about it. It's one of the first things we say as soon as we wake up, what's for dinner? What are we going to do for dinner? Is that normal? Yeah. well, is it normal to plan meals or is it normal to know what's for dinner? Well, I think women usually know what's for dinner more than, than guys are. And I think there's been some studies done on that that show that women usually know more more than that. Um, I think that, you know, when you do plan out say, your meals... I just need to say I have a very good man in my life and we say to each other, what's for dinner? And we do it together. I just need to say that because when I get home, if I haven't said that, there will be consequences. There needs to be acknowledgement <laughs> when someone is a good man. Continue. There definitely does need to be acknowledgement when someone has a good man, and I'm blessed to have a a good man in my home as well. Um, 
But when you do plan out your meals, you can save so much money and you can save time and effort. And obviously in these COVID times, like even I'm living in Canberra where thankfully our numbers are very low, but still we want to limit our exposure to supermarkets and public places as well. So I like to have a cup of tea sit down and have a cup of tea and just spend about 15 minutes thinking about what I've got in my fridge, freezer, cupboard, and then planning some meals around that and then filling in some gaps. Now, there will be some other things I'll pick up when I'm out shopping because that's what happens. I like all those nice, shiny, interesting things that are on special, um, you know, bright, shiny produce and all sorts of things. But at least if I've got a basic plan, that'll reduce my time in the supermarket and will reduce the amount that I spend. Now, when we're talking about reducing, on average, most families um, waste about a fifth of their food. So that mm. means about one in five bags of groceries is thrown out. Isn't that so if terrible? You just take That's a terrible well, statistic. It is a terrible statistic, but this is a reality of our modern life because we're not, most of us aren't growing our food anymore. We're a bit disconnected and we're so busy. You know, most of us have two jobs, double income, income families in a lot of cases, running around doing lots of exciting things, um, even if we're doing them online. So we, we are time pressed. So the more organised we can be, then we've got a plan then for what we can do when we're in the supermarket. So the average family can save between 60 and $80 a week just by being a little bit more organised. What sorts of things would you say are staples to have so that if you don't want to be uh, rigorous in terms of planning every meal, you can at least give yourselves options within a range? Mm, um, well, there's certain things that I like to buy. I'm not a huge fan of canned food, but it has their place, especially when you're trying to limit the amount of time that is spent in a supermarket. So for me, it's usually things like tin tomatoes because, oh, you can make so many meals with tin tomatoes. <laughs> Um, you know, exactly. So some tinned tuna, that's usually something that's quite good. Maybe um, some tinned pulses. I actually like to buy my lentils and chickpeas and, and beans um, that are dry, but you can certainly buy them that they're canned. And then that's there and that's that's a meal. Um, some pasta um, to have that on standby. Um, yeah, so those sorts of things, the sorts of things you're likely to use every day are the sorts of things you'll use. I put a poll out on my Facebook group a couple of weeks ago and I was really quite surprised, but those were the sorts of top things that most people will have in their cupboards that'll be ready to go. Serena Bird is the Joyful Frugalista. If you would like to join this conversation and explain how you plan your meals, I'm happy to take some calls. one 774 Is it something that you do once a week? Do you shop daily? Uh, in Victoria, of course, we've been living under restrictions. Not so many in regional Victoria as it stands now, but in metropolitan Victoria, the metro in Melbourne, there have been restrictions. How have you sorted out your food? Particularly, maybe you've created a new habit with this one person going out once a day kind of shopping thing that we've been living under. Do give me a ring, one three hundred triple two seven seven four, and. Serena Bird, the joyful frugalista, and I will take your calls after this. Spring means flowers, and the October issue of ABC Gardening Australia magazine brings you dahlias, baronias, and all you need to start your first perennial patch. In Organic Gardener magazine, grow crunchy sweet corn, beautiful sunflowers, and see how to raise happy chooks. Plus, prepare for a fresh new year by grabbing your 2021 gardening calendars and diaries now. Gardening Australia and Organic Gardener magazines. Available from newsagents and abcmagazines.com.au. This is Libby Gore on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. 
Call 1300 222 774 or text 0437 774 774. 29 minutes to 12 o'clock on this Sunday, the 4th of October. Serena Bird, are you ready to meet some people? Oh, I would love to. Okay. Lisa from Montalbert wants to speak. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Libby. Um, your guest is really um, speaking my language. I've been planning our meals probably for 20 years. Um, I set up a menu plan every week um, so that I can uh, change it. I can look at it nutritionally and do one shop a week except for fruit and veg. And um, it just works because it saves my time in the supermarket, which I don't love. And it saves money. It's, it's great. So do you just shop around the edges, Lisa, or do you, do you know exactly what you're going to buy? I know exactly what I'm going to buy, yes. And it's, it is mostly around the edges. Um, it's either brimful of, of fruit and veg if I can't get to the, the greengrocer or um, the, the internal part of all the staples, like your guest said, the pastas and the tin tomatoes and things. It, it just works a treat. You don't come home with anything you don't need. Serena, do you know whether or not, do you think you could guess which vegetables Lisa buys? <laughs> Well, I don't know, but in season at the moment, we've got some beautiful strawberries and some mandarins and um, bananas aren't too bad. So I'm guessing some of those things might be around those. Am, am I right in the ballpark? Chick. <laughs> you know each other, don't you? Like, I mean, you know each other's type. Yes, fresh fruit and veg all the way. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. It's, Thanks, Libby. We can, look, we can learn something from each other as the morning unfolds. It's really interesting, isn't it, Serena, that a certain type of person can do this well. Can you train yourself mm. to be that type of person, do you think? Look, you can. I think some people are naturally more driven to being more organised. Um, there's even like a story about a lady in Brisbane who menus plans for a whole year, 365 days. Hopefully she's remembered it's a leap year this oh year. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm not that organised. In fact, I'm probably a lot more on the, the creative spectrum. And um, so I'm not as re- that regimented. But still, I like to have a, a rough idea of what's um, in the house. And I should add, too, that for some families, particularly those going through stress, um, Having a menu plan is really useful. Um, I spoke recently on my podcast with a lady called Patricia Felsetta who works with neurodiverse families. And, of course, a lot of those families have been really, really affected by COVID. Mm. Um, it just doesn't work for a lot of kids. It's just all their routine is can be completely changed. But having a meal plan, writing it on your fridge and somewhere that is really visible can really help kids um, to anticipate what's happening that week and to anticipate change. And it makes a huge difference. Hmm. Jody, has your life changed like this because of lockdown? Yes. I'm a chef who isn't working. Hmm. And uh, I did a little bit of work for the government doing the lovely cleaning of things. <laughs> and I had to take my lunch with me every day. Yeah. So I started uh, making more meals than I ever did. But what I still do is I buy a raw chicken every week. And I make an amazing stuffing for it. So I'm going to do this. This is my Sunday thing. So I have a roast chicken dinner tonight with all the trimmings, lots of roast veggies, more than one person needs. And then I'll have chicken for sandwiches. I'll have chicken for a salad. I'll have chicken to put in a pasta dish if I want to make it. And then I slice up the stuffing and I have that as well. 
I use the roast veggies left over for a salad with some couscous or some quinoa. Uh, then I keep the, all the bones. I put them in the freezer. When I don't have enough room in the freezer, I take all the roast chicken bones out and I make stock out of it. Now she's just showing off. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve a round of applause. Right Thank around you. Victoria, Jody. That is magnificent. And I will never buy one of those chickens in a bag under the tanning lights ever again. No. Well, you know, you've just done to a chicken what someone else did with loaves and fishes. I can't applaud you enough. That's all right. It's easy. Everyone can do it. Fascinating stuff, Jody. And how are your spirits? Are you gonna are you feeling better? Um I've finished doing my government work. And I've been home now, which is, I haven't really worked. If I hadn't done my government work, I hadn't been working since March. Mm. So it's quite odd. Challenging. Uh, I've got a gold, I've got three goldfish and a cat. And um, yeah, it is. But I'm actually going back to school after 30 years of doing something, of cooking. And I'm going to uh, train to work in aged care. Ah, how prescient. Very good. So, yeah. But it's, it's okay. I have a yard. I have a garden. I have, I'm, I'm being the Pied Piper with the birds at the moment and um, I'm pottering around no, Jody, it's to good. records. It's good, you know, and the fact that you've got fish means goldfish, they don't have good memories, so you can just repeat yourself and they'll never even know. My fish are, be- are very talented. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jody. Isn't that interesting? Are you that good, Serena, in terms of stretching it? Um, yeah, I am actually. And um, on the chicken soup thing, I learned something recently that I hadn't known about previously, which is the two founders of the Buy Nothing Project have written um, a book recently, and they go even one step further. They then go on to slow cook the chicken bones, mm-hmm. and then they pulverize them and put them into their pet food. So make them super soft. Oh. And so I know, and I, have, I haven't tried that. We don't have pets. Um, and I'm fascinated to know how this works. But they do that for the added calcium. I've got a text message that says, I have a, and, and a photo that goes with it, and it says, I have a shopping list on the fridge that we add to as we need to and also have a list of meals we have ingredients for on the fridge so I'm not in charge of choosing what we eat each night. See, pick attached. We are due to do a shop soon, so meals on the list at the moment are using up what we have. In normal times, I shop once a week or occasionally make it to two weeks. And currently, uh, we are making it three weeks plus between shops. Only two adults in the house. How? Interesting. How interesting. Mm. Well, I have to say we've definitely done more planning than we used to. When I say planning, I always used to plan, but we're all involved in it now. Like we all say what we want. We all contribute to the shop and, you know, our thoughts to the shop. And then we space it out during the week and know what we're doing. Interesting. Mm. It is interesting. And there's probably something else I would add too, which is when things are really uncertain and there's so many things that are changing and it's so stressful, something that really helps is having control of something. And mm. I think that's why home cooking has really taken off. Why, why meal planning? Why sourdough baking? Why making soups? Like when everything else is so uncertain and you don't know what's happening and maybe you, you have a job or you don't have a job, at least you can cook something really nice like a roast chicken. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for joining us this morning. It's been terrific having you on, Serena. Thank you so much. If you would like to meet Serena more, you can go to the Joyful Frugalista 
uh, it is a, a website, a podcast. She's all over the place. But I think Serena will speak with you again, eh? Thank you so much for having me.